Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. In the wake of millions of students across the planet striking for climate action, I got a chance to speak with one of Peterborough's own students heading the Fridays for Future protests, not just this past week, but until change occurs. Grade 12 student Nico Osa talks with me today about the student strikes, their demands, their successes, and the moral quandary humanity is dealing with when it comes to climate action. If you were able to participate in the strikes this past week, either virtually or in person, thank you. These radical mobilizations are drawing the necessary attention to this climate crisis, and governments now have to react. Here's my inspiring conversation with Nico, a 17-year-old who's willing to put life on hold in the here and now for the sake of the generations to come. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what life was like before you either started your program at Trent or got into the global climate strike realm? My life was, uh, <laughs> was very different. I lived in the southern hemisphere of this world, mm-hmm. in a skinny and long country called Chile, <laughs> in South America, uh, which is facing a lot of problems related to climate change. And right now we, or they, are on a drought emergency. They're, they're blaming it on the avocado trees. They say that wow. the avocado trees are sucking out all the water from the soil. But it's we we have we have a drought, and that's undeniable. So the drought is happening, which is possibly a result of in more inclement weather because of climate change yes. and temperatures and rising. Chile is a geographically it's terribly positioned. It's <laughs> the most catastrophic place because we are surrounded by mountains on one side and the ocean on the other. The mountains create our own climate. Wow! It separates us from Argentina. And the ocean brings currents with uh, changing temperatures. We're also the most or the second most seismic country in the world. So we Jeez. have earthquakes every time. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're just, oh yeah, it's shaking. It's, it's, it's normal. So that was my life before coming to Canada. I lived in a beautiful country. I love Chile. But I was better off coming here. Of course, I had very high expectations of what the amazing climate policies that a first world country like Canada Ooh, would have. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, Were you uh, yeah. pleasantly surprised or I was, sorrowfully disappointed? Yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but that disappointed me and it made me want to take action. So I thought might might as well do something to fix this because Canada is a powerful country. Everyone looks up to Canada. The big, big problem that Canada has is that it's so hooked into this terrible oil industry and if you talk to anybody who's from western canada and especially alberta mm-hmm. you're gonna be like beaten to a pulp yeah, before you say I something haven't... bad about oil <laughs> i haven't gone to alberta yet <laughs> uh, i don't know if i'll be going but uh, yeah that's yeah. the big problem with canada we're a big exporter of oil and if you want to go even deeper we don't even refine our own oil so we pollute taking oil out and then we export it for it to just be refined and then for it to be exported again as a finished product. So it's that's just so yeah. much work. You'd think it would be so much easier to just... Yeah, it is. And most, most countries refine their own oil, <laughs> their own fossil fuels. We, we don't, which just doesn't make sense. No. That's things that need to be said. Not, not people don't know them unless someone says or, or you research about it. Exactly, yeah. 
Yeah. And people don't do the research. Like, and I don't it's know, not I'm fault. not informed. I'm not informed and I'm in the sector of, mm-hmm. of Cause there's so much, climate action. So much to like discover. And the more you discover, the least you want to keep discovering things. Exactly, you know? yeah. And that's That's just the gas and the oil industry. Then there's the food industry, the clothing industry, the <sighs> transportation industry, everything. And they all, they're all terrible. They all need so much work and they're all too far gone for any sort of easy action to turn things around immediately. Mm-hmm. If you were to implement systematic changes, they, they're going to take so much time to turn people around. It's just a lot of different truths that slapped everyone in the face. And so a few reacted and said, oh, we need to do something about this. And another minority said, oh, no, this is not true. This Because they never heard of it before until now. Mm-hmm. Because it was always such a quiet thing. Change isn't easy. and Exactly. Yeah. You need to change your habits. Why do I have to change my habits? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have to change the way I am? Well, there's a big reason. Yeah. It's climate change. It's our future. And sustainability. Like, I, I was always passionate about sustainability and the environment, even if climate change was happening or not. Yeah, that's true. Like, why wouldn't you like to be good to the environment? Why wouldn't you like to take care of the environment? There's nothing wrong or there's nothing that could possibly go wrong for doing that. It yeah, can only exactly. be better. Yeah, it's like being a nice person. There's no yeah. there's no downside to being a nice and, person. And that's the problem. It's yeah. a moral thing. Yeah. And that's what's lacking. It's a moral <sighs> problem. And that and that's that's exactly that's exactly why people need to warm their hearts to act. Jeez, yeah. Unless unless something starts happening now, happening now uh, that everything's on fire, it, it it will remain as a moral problem for everyone. Not, not as a fact or not as a, a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a moral thing, like a choice. Yeah, like... You choose if you're good or not to the environment. But we don't really have a choice anymore. <laughs> we need to act. We need to... And, it, and as I said, it's nice. It's not bad. It's not like you need to really, really do terrible sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Having zero waste is yeah. a great thing. I mean, yeah. We, we talk about how easy it is every day yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. And exactly. And, yeah. and I guess it feels so much better than having to throw so much garbage away. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's efforts that people just think they don't have to do. Or that it'll take too much time or that change is too hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what's happening. What are you studying? So I'm a high school student. I'm on grade 12 right now. But I'm doing a program called Youth Leadership and Sustainability. Mm-hmm. Leadership always gets me. <laughs> Youth Leadership and Sustainability, where we're learning, obviously, about being leaders in our youth community and how to manage resources in a sustainable manner. And it's hosted at Trent University. So instead of going to a high school, we are actually going to Trent University, which is awesome for That's a high amazing. school student. Yeah, yeah. It's, it takes off this university anxiety. You mm-hmm. know how it works. You know how it is. And it's so nice to know that you're not a university student, but you're still at a university. Yeah. It's great. That's um, awesome. And other days we are at Pace downtown. Okay. So yeah, we, 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 we change places, but we're mostly at Trent. So 
when did you become involved in the Fridays for Future climate strikes? So, and maybe can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how that started? Yeah, so Fridays for Future is a movement that Greta Thunberg started uh, in Sweden. She was 16. One Friday, she said, you know what, I'm not going to school. I'm going to sit outside of my uh, city hall or my municipality and with my little sign. And my sign is going to say, school strike for climate. She started doing that every Friday. And then a British journalist who happened to be passing by saw her and created a story. And, and she went viral and she created a huge, huge movement that just this Friday, this past Friday, 20th of September, 2019, had four million kids striking worldwide. Wow. So from one girl in Sweden, it went to four million kids all over the world. And just in Peterborough, yeah. we had 300, which is a oh, big that's number. Great. It's the biggest we've ever had. That's incredible. Yes. So I started, I want to say about a year ago when I learned about Greta. And it was usually me and two other people. Wow. We would just sit outside of City Hall with our signs and then go home. Mm -hmm. And yeah, little by little, we started getting more people. We had tremendous support of uh, the elder community. Shout out to For Our Grandchildren and the Peterborough Alliance for Climate Action mm. that they were looking for the youth. Yeah. They're older. They had the same intentions that we did, but they needed the youth to act because it wasn't so much for them. It was for their grandchildren, for yeah. their kids. So they needed the youth to support them and to take the leading role in the Fridays for Future movement and the whole striking and manifestations. It created a perfect momentum. And yeah, the latest result has been 300 people um, in Confederation Park outside of the Peterborough City Hall. That's so crazy that it started with just one or two or three and yeah. then it's grown that's amazing that's so incredible it's, how proud are you of that i'm very very happy and very proud to see that because and i will always say it i can't believe that yeah we went from three when we had five people it was like great yeah great presence when we had six or eight it was like wow because we didn't do huge publicity back then for it even though we tried now the snowball effect of the movement has grown so much. It's it's uh, almost like a pop culture thing. Oh yeah, climate strikes. Uh, yeah, climate manifestations. People it's, know about it. They know, know it from it. social media and the news and uh, newspapers and just people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And in, and we have the perfect figure with Greta Thunberg. I like I like to pronounce the fancy way of her name. Um, What's the not fancy? Greta Thunberg? Yeah, I, I've heard Greta Thunberg. <laughs> oh, that's Greta Thunberg. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying. It's for the day I meet her, I can say it properly. <laughs> will, will you be going on? Uh... I, yeah, well, I'm going this weekend to Montreal. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for yeah. you. That's great. That's so, amazing. So what are we going to do in Peterborough without you? Well. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be in Peterborough. <laughs> that, well, that's awesome because we... Even though the students are not organizing this upcoming strike on mm -hmm. September 27th, the for our grandchildren, the Peterborough Alliance for Climate Action took over it. Oh, good. So we have a friendly rivalry that they have to break our record of 300 people. <laughs> 
so <laughs> cool. it's, it's healthy I'll, uh, like i want that I, i'll bring I my want... friends yeah yeah so <laughs> we're expecting a thousand people fantastic and it's at millennium park so that's hopefully. amazing so this episode is going to come out this coming Sunday. So it's okay. going to be after the oh, second uh, climate strike. So hopefully they have, uh, they have reached that it. record. Wow. I'll have to post about whatever the numbers are that come out. But Yeah, because that would be a huge statement. Oh, absolutely. Today, Monday 23rd, it's not just the UN meeting for the Climate Forum. It's also our own Peterborough City council meeting for the climate declaration exactly climate emergency declaration so i'm going to be heading there next Uh, i'm going to do a delegation and let them know why it's so important and so crucial to uh, declare a climate emergency and that becomes easier when we have 300 kids striking outside of their offices and then the next week a thousand people marching through the streets of our city so it's all being gathering such a perfect momentum yeah and it's thanks to to greta yeah she said hey 20 to 27th and then the un said yeah 20 to 27th climate climate action week wow Um, so tell me about the significance of choosing like the 20th to 27th you mentioned that the un is part of this yes um and that you know peter bros just happens to also be having their council meeting tonight which was perfect which is perfect (laughs) so why did greta say uh, the 20th to the 27th, and has the UN responded to her, or is she responding to them? So Fridays for Future, which is her movement, chooses like random dates. Mm-hmm. So I remember May 3rd and other dates that don't really have such a significant uh, meaning. Like they're just they're just dates mm-hmm. that we choose. They choose in advance, so we have time to organize them. Yeah. But the 20th to 27th was given so long ago because it was a whole week of climate action. Yeah. Seven days. We wanted to kick it off with the climate strike on the 20th. The whole world, as I said, four million students. It's incredible. Yeah. Stepped out of their schools. And it's such an undeniable movement that the New York school board exempted their kids to be able to strike. The Toronto school board did too. The Toronto school board did too. Wow. It's those those little efforts that our school boards do, that other groups do, that let us have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're fighting to get that in Peterborough. We're lacking support from our school boards. And, mm. and I'm not afraid to say that. It's like that. Oh, yeah. Say it. Um, because like, if they know that yeah. there's an expectation that they should be participating, that larger places are doing it, they're exempting students from from school on these days, even though like legally you have to go to school that's incredible and such a big movement of course is what the un climate change needed their environmental group has been trying to get the truth out there has been trying to get countries moving through different international agreements Hmm. and now they have greta as a figure yeah so yeah she fridays for future says 20 to 27 the un's like yeah 20 to 27 that's amazing. Yeah. So what are they so they doing? They can't do much more than announce it and like make it make some publicity for it because they don't really have power over countries, so they they can just like say, "Yeah, hey, you should we as the UN approve that from the 20th to the 27th is a climate action week." As I said, that's all they can do and that's as far as they can go. Through the um Paris agreement, um there are some countries that 
agree to take care of the environment. Um, that's what the very, very tip of the iceberg is. Yeah. So, yeah, because what does that look like? So if the organization that you signed an agreement with is telling you to take a week off for climate action, then it would make sense to listen mm -hmm. to them. It would make sense to not argue. So that's why it's so important that the UN speaks about it and that they they call out for this week. Yeah, exactly. What are the demands of this Fridays for Future movement? In Peterborough, yeah. our, like our group, we divided our demands on three different levels, which are the three levels of government of Canada. So municipally, we strike for our city, the city of Peterborough, to declare a climate emergency. Mm -hmm. We have been waiting for this ever since our mayor got elected because she's a great person and she was always super on board with taking care of the environment, but she hasn't taken that step that needs to be taken. Yeah. And I don't know why. So that's why we really, really push her and we give her the political space, which is something that politicians need like they need to the excuse to do something yeah so if you have yeah, the pressure to do something yeah exactly too. so if you put 300 kids outside of their offices they've they'll say okay yeah maybe we need to do this mm -hmm. and it will look good if we do this because that, mm -hmm. that's that's their sadly one of their biggest concerns how look how good will it look mm -hmm. how much more political life will they have that's pretty much for our municipal level we also have a there's a climate action plan uh, in the municipality of Peterborough that is very complete. Oh, good. And it was a lot of money when invested into this program for it to be very, very good and very effective and also very realistic. But the the city of Peterborough says, oh, perfect. Thank you very much. We're going to leave it here and we're going to wait for donations so it gets funded through the people. But shouldn't <laughs> it be funded through the government? It should be funded through their own municipality. So by the time that uh, they declare the climate emergency, then their next step should be to fund this climate action plan. Okay. That's what we really, really push for within the city. Mm -hmm. Then for the province of Ontario, our uh, provincial level of demands, it's, it's tough because we're being victims of fake news. There are being stickers put on the gas stations. Oh, I've heard you mention this, but what, what do the stickers say? So when you go to put gas on your car, you will see that there's a sticker. I don't, I, I haven't put gas on my car, but I've seen, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. gone on my bike to see the stickers. <laughs> yes. And they say the carbon tax will, will cost you more. It says plus 4.4 cents a liter. And then there's like a little stat that goes up and says, um, I don't know exactly how much more, but a few more cents by 2021. Hmm. That's all it says. It's just saying. Hey, it's just saying you'll, you're paying more yeah, because of this carbon tax. Yeah, associating the word carbon tax with an increase in gas, which mm -hmm. is already expensive enough for people. So that is immediately associating it with something negative. Yes. And very, very sadly, the logo of the province of Ontario is in those, every single one of those stickers. Oh, so it's they, they've approved it. So, well, yeah, because we have a... Uh, Terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if there was a 
conservative party logo in there, I would probably understand. But if your province is telling you half the truth, because yes, it's true, the carbon tax is causing the liter of gas to go up by 4.4 cents. The whole point of that is for it to refund by the time that you make the tax, your tax refunds, you'll get refunded for your carbon tax. Oh, and how come that's not being told? Well, because, because they don't want the carbon tax. Because the carbon tax, the purpose of the carbon tax is to decrease the sales of fossil fuels. Yeah. And yeah, because if it's more expensive, then people will try to, to have not, different alternatives, yeah. or they won't buy as much gas, or they won't drive as much, and then the oil companies aren't going to do as well. Exactly. Ah. So of course. Jeez. And and if you don't, if you own a gas station and you don't put the stickers up, you can get fined. What? An outrageous amount of money. Yeah. So the government legislation calls for a fine of five hundred dollars a day for individuals per day, or ten thousand for corporations if you don't have those stickers. <laughs> so the government of Ontario. And that's the government of Ontario. So if you don't, if you can't trust your own <laughs> provincial government, who can you trust? Jeez. They're they're yeah they're forcing gas stations to put the stickers up to so discourage. It, voters and if you ask um, me that's propaganda and has canada declared climate emergency canada federally declared a climate emergency so how does that not filter down to all of the provinces having to abide by that because that's what happens in a yeah in a federal country with three levels of government independent from each other or with provinces that are independent from each other they can do whatever they want uh, even though there are federal laws that need to be followed the climate emergency that Canada has declared, it's it just seems like a populist thing to do from the Trudeau government. Yeah. Because next thing he did was buy the pipeline that transports fossil fuels. Yeah. And are the main cause for CO2 emissions yeah. on um, the per capita level. So it makes no sense and the government is... Not working to transition us out of an age of fossil mm -hmm. fuels at all. So... Just as his as Trudeau's government is finishing, he declares a climate emergency, he bans single-use plastics, and he buys this um, pipeline. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he wants to make everyone happy or... Well, I mean, that's the goal of every politician <laughs> yeah. when they um, end up making no one happy, it's but really, it's fine. He wants to get reelected, I guess, so... I mean, like, I don't want his job, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wish being the prime minister of a country on anyone, but... Yeah. He could be doing a little he, bit of a better job. Our demands are basically, can be summarized as climate first. Yeah. We want all our levels of government to think and consider climate first, our environment first. Oh, we are going to do this? Well, how does it affect the environment? Exactly. Oh, it doesn't really affect the environment. It's sustainable. All right, let's do it. They also have to work a lot to achieve the Paris Agreement, which... Can you give me a few details of that? Yeah, so the Paris Agreement was signed in 2015 after uh, the Kyoto Protocol, which was a total failure. Mm. So what the, what the Paris Agreement says is every country that signs this agreement, this treaty, will have to reduce their 40% uh, of their greenhouse emissions, greenhouse gases emissions, so we can stop the warming compared to pre-industrial levels 
at wow. 1.5 and well below 2. So they're basically saying we need to stop between 1.5 and 2, but 2 will be the worst, worst case. Not many of the countries are reaching or are in correct progress to achieve that because of, for a lot of reasons. If you ask me, I believe that there should be a new agreement signed soon that is strict and if you sign it, you can't get out of it. The yeah. Paris Agreement has an article, Article 28, that says, after three years of signing this, you can write a letter and leave the agreement. That's dumb. Why and, would you be and... excused from something that is, if you don't abide by all of the things in the Paris Agreement, then we are going to have climate emergency. Like, so, we're going to yeah. reach the that's why heat levels. Trump's government, straight up Trump, uh, said, no, this is not good for my economy. It's limiting my industrial production, so I'm getting out of it as soon as the three years are completed because the UN gives me the chance to do that. So that's why I think there has to be a real agreement signed that says, okay, we're all on board, we really need to address this issue, and we can't leave this agreement until this problem is solved. Yeah. Um, but the UN tries to be the neutral good guy. Yeah. So they don't... They want everybody to be happy. Yeah, so they're not strict. They just say, oh, if you can leave, you can live after three years. Or No one's forced to sign, which is fine, but if you're going to sign... It, it's, ti- it's a in times like this, thing, needs, too, though, to be... because it looks good to sign, and then if you yeah. leave later on, people will be like, ah, yeah, well, whatever. And yeah, and in countries like like the United States, we can't afford to lose them in this battle for climate change they're well because they're one of the top they're, contributors yeah, they're they're the second i mean throw canada in there too canada is also a huge contributor to climate change yes um, but per, capita, per capita canada is huge it's just under the united states like barely under the united states mm-hmm. but on a like country level the united states is the second biggest polluter just after china who has billions of people or not billions a billion people yeah it's not good for the U.S. And, and all of these things are proven. And there's people called scientists who study science who are telling us and measuring and graphing and evidencing things yeah. that uh, are, are, we're just not listening to. And it's not fair. How long will the Fridays for Future protests keep going? I don't know. Yeah. It'll keep going until we feel that enough has been done. Yeah. And I don't know when that, when that will be. Yeah, because after after Friday, Friday the 27th, will be the next, like, it'll be the end of this the week. week of global climate striking, but it's not going to be the end because then Friday's for future and, like, everyone involved in that is just going to pick another future date to be like, we need more action. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah we, we plan to strike every single Friday. Yeah. But until when? Um, I think there's personal opinions and... In my opinion, I, I would keep striking until we are 100% renewable, until we have strong environmental policies, until I'm sure that I'm living on a sustainable country that doesn't support dirty industries, that invests on new technologies, that invests on plant-based meats, that has proper environmental education at the school level. I barely know anything about climate change because of school. Hmm. Everything I know is things I've researched, things I've read, things I've 
talked about. I only spent about two to three weeks on climate change at school, and that's it. And you're in a youth and sustainability well, in the program. now in the youth and sustainability program, it's all about that. But oh, okay, but I'm in, in high school, actual, regular high school. high school. Yeah, yeah. the The climate change program is it's terrible. the The youth leadership of sustainability was created because of that. Mm-hmm. Because um, not a- yeah, it's a great great teacher. Shout out to Cam. He um, he created this program. Really, that's awesome. And cool because yeah, he wants to make sure that. There is proper education mm-hmm. towards this issue, towards sustainability, towards leadership, because that's what we need. And the course is fantastic. Like, it's so good. We have all the candidates for the um, Peterborough and Kawartha region mm-hmm. for the fe- uh, federal elections coming up. Well, the, the regional federal elections coming up. Um, they're, they're all coming to talk to us in our classroom. That's good. So Are they getting kind of grilled? Because you guys are all like, listen... Political leader. <laughs> well, <laughs> these are our demands. They, they, they always are all, like on board with everything we say too, right? Yeah. So it's not like they're they they're there to debate. They're mm-hmm. there to to agree with everything and say yes, we will do this. Which I don't know if they will. I, I like to think they will. Mm-hmm. I think Peterborough is very much the right kind of town to transition. It's not a big city. It's also not a small city. It's not a poor city. Our trans public transportation system is already kind of bad um, and inefficient. So there could be a perfectly well-made bus system with electric buses. Mm-hmm. And, and it's possible because their transportation system is not really good. It'd be easy to replace it with yeah. something better. We have, there's a huge solar power farm really mm-hmm. close to Peterborough. Yeah. There is the dam creating hydro energy. Yeah. That already powers Peterborough. Not, not 100%, but like quite a bit of it and like our landfill is producing methane and they are capturing the methane to use as energy Uh, i don't know if that's i mean it's a transitional like thing it's not renewable energy Mm -hmm. because it's still counting on garbage being produced but it's it's one of the yeah well transition all the uh, greenhouse gases sequestration technologies that grab carbon and methane and all these things from the atmosphere and make bricks out of them but they won't go really far until people and governments start investing on them yeah exactly so all of these all of these things are great ideas it's like in that book um drawdown or project drawdown where they have a list of all these incredible incredible opportunities for reducing for taking climate action and sequestering carbon and really making a difference and they're great. They're well-researched. They're published ideas. And people just have to be forced to do it. Like, it's, that's what we're waiting it's on. It's because climate change is not the problem. Mm-hmm. Climate change is solved. I mean, like, climate change has all the solutions. Oh, yeah. Politicians are the problem because they don't have any solutions. It's Well, everybody's the problem. People are the problem. Everybody yes. in their everyday lives who are not taking action and who can't take action because policies aren't in place for that or uh, political leaders aren't doing anything to make it a rule. See, everybody's at fault. <laughs> yeah, there's an, an analogy that I've made for my brother before. He was at the strike on Friday oh, 20th. It was his first strike and he doesn't really know a lot, of, a lot about climate change. He told me, why isn't, like, what is climate change? Why is it such a big deal all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. And I tell him, well... Not uh, all of a sudden, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For him, I guess it is. But because... my brother asked the exact same thing this morning. He's just like, why is everybody talking about this all of a sudden? Yeah. Isn't this like 
decades ago that this was a problem. And And the way I explained it to him, if my mechanic was telling me that my car was heating up Mm. and I had to do something about it and I never did anything about it, the problem wouldn't be the car. The problem would be me that I never did anything Mm -hmm. to fix that car. Now, the people who study the earth and the science and the climate, climatologists are telling us that climate is changing and we're not listening to them. So the problem is not the climate. It's not that mm-hmm. the climate is changing. It's that we are not doing anything to fix that. Yeah, it's not like the climate's going to stop changing because we go out in the streets. It's the politicians are going to start doing the things that they need to do because it's them who make the big decisions that we can't make. Even though we can do our little part, or our little effort, and add to sustainability. And we should. And we should. We still won't go as far as we have to go until our politicians make that decision and make that change. Yeah. And think with the climate first and the way we can do that is if we vote because this is a democracy Mm -hmm. thinking with the climate first yeah so this is the last year for a lot of politicians um our prime minister a lot of mps it's very very important to research they all want to help the planet yeah in theory so who has the best one Canada Broadcasting Center or Corporation, uh, CBC, has a vote compass. So if you are wondering about who to vote for with like an environmental focus for the upcoming federal election, you can always go to CBC Vote Compass and you answer lots of questions and it kind of tells you in a less biased perspective all the different oh, platforms of all the different parties. I didn't know that. And yeah, because the CBC doesn't get a lot of funding from the government. So they have no, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I think there's nothing more important than our environment today, or there never was. But Mm -hmm. we went so anthropocentric that we don't care about anything else than us and what's better for us. And and we left the environment aside. Mm -hmm. So... Which is foolish, obviously, because like the, is it Greta that has said, I want you to act as if your house is on fire Mm -hmm. Um, because, or that like your car is breaking down. But in the case of the environment, a lot of people in their day-to-day lives just don't see the house that's on fire that's burning around Mm -hmm. them. They don't see the reason to panic. And, And how can we get people to see that? There are many, many evidences happening right now the melting glaciers are probably yeah. the best uh, evidence, but they're so far up north or so far down south that mm-hmm. we don't really see them. Unless you're in Iceland or something like that, you won't really see a lot of glaciers melting. But the glaciers melt, and all that water goes into the seas, and the seas are being measured, and the seas are rising. Yeah. So those are two connected evidences. And <laughs> the ice doesn't melt just because. It melts no. because it gets warmer. But... I always try to encourage for people to research, look up why all of this, they're, they're undeniable. Yeah. You can't deny proof. scientific yeah. evidence. The problem is, as you said, we don't see these things. We're not seeing a fire right outside of our house or we're not seeing flooding. Or we're not living, like here in Peterborough, we're not living with a perpetual smog that's a result of pollution. Exactly. Um, there are places all around the world that are living with like you can die from breathing problems because of the air that you're breathing because it's so polluted. Because we don't live with that, thank God, we're also missing the point. Like I almost kind of wish there was a bigger problem happening mm-hmm. in Canada. Like I 
physical thing that people are like, oh, if only I stop driving my car around or whatever my solution is, then suddenly this problem will go away. Like if it was only tangible like that. Yeah, I think um, that's pretty much what summarizes it. Unless, Unless we see it, we don't really care about it. And we won't see it until it's too late. Ah, uh, geez. So. <laughs> so like, yeah, we just gotta. Oh my gosh, we just have to make changes now. Yeah. So the climate strikes are gonna continue, and people can. How can people get involved in the school strikes, even if you're not in school, um, and learn a little bit more about calling political leaders to action? So anyone and everyone is always invited to climate strikes. Um, with us or whatever whatever city you are if you want to find out where it's happening when they're happening i would recommend to look it up online climate strikes in whatever city you're in Mm -hmm. if you're in peterborough ontario we strike every friday on school hours from like 8 30 to 2 30 yeah and it's outside of city hall usually okay for this um school year uh, we have a solid base of at least 20 students every Friday. Amazing. So it's, yeah, we started with 300, and hopefully next strike is 1,000. Yep. And we just want to grow from there. Not every Friday is going to be huge strikes. Those big, big strikes are when Fridays for Future calls for big strikes, mm-hmm. or the UN calls for a big strike. The rest of the normal Fridays are normal strikes that only the regular strikers go to. We're going to have at least 20 strikers. That's great. Every Friday, which is fantastic that's already. Awesome. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's unthought of a year ago. What advice do you have for people who are just needing that extra boost to even come out to one strike this year? Uh, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, ooh, I have to work too bad, or ooh, I have to go to class. Um, I'm, I'm nervous to, to strike. Like, what's your... That's that's valid, and I know a lot of people, and it's happened to me, like, oh, I have a test, I can't strike today, or I can strike this Friday. But what I tell people is, what's what's going to get you further? Is it is it really going to be this one class? Is it going to be that one Friday that you decided to strike, or is it going to be a sustainable future? Is it going to be the day that your daughter, your son, your granddaughter, or your grandson looks at you in the eyes and asks you, that you do everything you could. I want you to be able to say yes, I did. No, I, I actually didn't because I had a test that didn't really mean a lot. It's really gonna suck. Had a test that day or decided that no, it it wasn't, it didn't seem like a big enough deal until it was too late or yeah, like the evidence is there. We mm-hmm. need to act now. Yep, uh, we, like, we like don't have any more time to debate whether it's real or not. It's proven, it's here it's happening mm-hmm. it's, it's an ongoing situation the sixth mass extinction is an ongoing event mm-hmm. it's happening yeah we're losing so many species in a such a such fast pace that the environment and all the other species they can't adapt so quickly and that's it too is that i've had somebody say oh climate change like the planet's been heating up since the dinosaurs area like that's like you know it's just a reality that's what the planet does but yeah but it is now heating up at such an alarming rate that not only can humans not adapt but all of these species that you're talking about can't adapt and things are dying out there's desertification that's happening and waters are rising and it's just that we can't keep up 
because we are producing all of these greenhouse gases at such an alarming rate without mm-hmm. any regard for what draws things out of the atmosphere, like trees and, and all of this stuff. Deforestation has been catastrophic. So the point is, it's going to sound overwhelming, but do something anyway. Don't let that overwhelm you because the time to act is now. That's also something that has to be made clear. I've had a lot of debates with skeptical people that get attacked for some reason by um, our strikings and our fight for climate justice. And there's a huge misconception between the greenhouse effect and global warming or climate change. The greenhouse effect is natural mm-hmm. and that has to be like understood. The greenhouse effect has always been happening. It has to exist so that the planet is warm to enough to sustain life. Yeah. But the amount of greenhouse gases that we're putting into the atmosphere are massifying the greenhouse effect in such a way that the planet is heating up on an extremely alarming rate. Mm-hmm. And all the species are like, what's happening? <laughs> I can't adapt this quick. quick. Yeah. And they get extinct. Yeah. They don't have time and they don't have the resources that we have. Doubt that there was ever such an advanced civilization like the humans. And we are the ones causing this. Shouldn't and doing like, nothing about it. We're the smart ones, and we should do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's as easy as choosing one or two days of the week to ride your bike instead of taking your car. Yeah. It's as easy as, in in the winter, putting one degree in your thermostat lower, mm-hmm. you will be helping already. And honestly, that is the bare minimum that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this, like conversation is preaching to the choir because everybody who's listening to this is already kind of in that vein but like it spread the word people because this is the bare minimum that we should be doing yes and like just be a decent human being and have a little bit more regard not just for yourself but for the future generations that are happening we have to understand we are animals in what moment did we unrelate to nature and to the environment and to the other species we are playing god we think we are this such a special thing and the truth is we are just very very smart animals i always like to direct people to if you're looking for a really clear list of ways that you can personally reduce your reliance on fossil fuels personally reduce your carbon emissions go to the random acts of green app that started in peterborough but it is just a very good list of how to reduce your waste your outputs um, in very practical individual actions which can just be a starting point for you because you know how overwhelming all of this sounds just take some action or join a protest because that is like the next best way to show your support and to just tell the world that this is important Mm because the the bigger the numbers the more impacting this has the more impact this has yeah i'll probably wrap it up by saying that democracy was created so everyone's voices would be heard but we've been around democracy for so long that we forgot that we are supposed to be heard and we are just being tamed by our governments and we're just letting letting them do whatever they want to do yeah so make sure your voice is heard and stand for what you believe on Mm -hmm. i believe on a future i want to have a family someday i want to live in a sustainable house and that i don't have to do a massive effort to achieve it 
Mm-hmm. It sounds like a massive effort to be zero waste, a massive effort to have an electric vehicle. It should be the most accessible thing to do. Absolutely. So whatever you believe on, if you don't believe and you don't, you don't agree with your government, you have the right to manifestate yourself. Mm-hmm. Join a protest. One more voice is awesome. It's fantastic to have one yeah. more voice. Mm-hmm. Vote. You have the power of vote. You can choose who's making the calls. If you're not old enough to vote, then talk to the people exactly. who talk need to, to know. Parents, to your grandparents, to whoever is old enough to vote and yeah. tell them. Like, if you care about me, you care about my future, um, there's a big issue that yeah. needs to be addressed. That'll be inspiring. Yeah. So let's make sure that our voices are being heard and we're doing everything it takes to achieve a change. Thanks, Nico. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you want to learn more about Fridays for Future climate strike movement, you can go to fridaysforfuture.org. They actually have a list of all the towns and cities around the world that have registered to strike, so check that out for your town or just to be blown away. Seriously amazing how many people are taking action and forcing their governments to listen. That's all from me this week. If you have any questions and would like to be in touch, you can send me an email at practicallyzerowaste at gmail.com or you can find me over on Instagram at practicallyzerowastepod. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can always go to anchor.fm slash practicallyzerowaste and hit the support button. I put about six to eight hours of work each week into these episodes with everything from researching and scheduling interviews to recording, editing, and disseminating it all over the internet. I love, love doing this. So if this is something that you're grateful for or would like to support, I would so appreciate the help. Anyways, remember friends, every bit we're doing for the environment is making a difference. Have a great week, everyone, and talk to you soon.